Hamrika! <laughs> well, hello again, and welcome back to the Salt Shaker FGC podcast. Now, I have a very special guest, a Tekken prodigy in our New Zealand scene. Uh, his legal name is Daniel Cosington, but we all know him by a far more powerful name. Um, yeah, take it away, bro. Um, you just exposed me. Now everyone can like track me down with my real name. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm Wowser, the filthy Alisa player, waifu player, whatever you want to call me. Now the emo waifu player, whatever. That's me. <laughs> what? Why do you say filthy? Why do you say the waifu player? Oh, I, I've always got shit for playing Aisa, so. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, like when I when I was first starting out, I'd get told by people to kill myself and all that stuff. Yeah. Not very nice people. No, no, but they're online people, right? And they yeah. don't, they don't know you like we know you. Um, but that's the purpose of tonight is to find out more about you. Um, so, yeah, what was your what was your life like before discovering? The fighting game scene and before discovering Tekken what were you doing at that time I was playing Team Fortress 2 um how long did I play that for since it came out which was like God, when did that come out 2008 2007 yeah quite a while ago man <laughs> yeah a little while um see so yeah, I, I played that every on and off and before that I played Halo but since Halo 4 happened I stopped yeah <laughs> Yeah, I just played Team Fortress 2 a lot. Um, it was like... I think it was 2015 or something. I started playing Team Fortress 2 competitively. And that was just like... Um, you would have like six people on each team and stuff like that. But the problem was the game wasn't designed to be a competitive game. And the Valve, who like made the game, never really supported it. And Overwatch happened, which basically killed Team Fortress 2 because all my favorite competitive players went to Overwatch because yeah. they had money in it. But what about yourself? Did you ever play games like Overwatch? Team Fortress 2 seems like such a niche game. Did you ever get into Call of Duty or any of those other shooters? No. Nah, I mean, maybe Call of Duty, like Nazi Zombies, but yeah. <laughs> you know, that was it. Uh, Team Fortress 2 was like the first game I got, actually competitive then and yeah when it died because overwatch was kind of like man i've really gotta like if i want to be a competitive player i've got to find something new yeah what's the scene like now do you keep much eyes on what's going on with team fortress 2 um i have a couple friends back from when i used to play and i still i still watch team fortress 2 tournaments to this day it's i mean like basically all my favorite players they just gone you know yeah. um yeah it's there's not much like you have like world finals and it's like ten thousand cash prize pool and you think that's split between at least six people in a team and yeah. not really it... much to make a living out of <laughs> no, that's true. well i've got a clip of you man in action uh this is oh boy you... yeah so what name did you go under during this time? It definitely wasn't well. Uh, it was kind of cringe. It was Lilac, but instead of one, I mean, sorry, instead of the I, it was a one. So I was kind of cringy like Alchemist is. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and the reason I was named Lilac is just a shade of purple. I thought it sounded cool. 
Yeah, and yeah, oh god, this was this is funny seeing this though. Yeah. Yeah, I was a if you know Team Fortress Two, I was a scout main, like twenty four seven, didn't play anyone else. Yeah. Damn, that sniper got destroyed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's crazy. Well, so yeah, I'm. Yeah, that's funny. Okay. I'm actually still friends with who edited this video. I still talk to them sometimes. Um. I think he sometimes plays, but I don't think he's really competitive anymore, though. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I, I mean, it's not. I mean, I like first-person shooters. Team Fortress Two. I don't know that much about it. Yeah, as I said, it, what it didn't have big of a competitive scene to begin with, but it was just really fun, and it had a very passionate community, and the skill ceiling was so high, like. It didn't really feel like other shooters in a way, like, each character felt really, really unique. Like, for example, the character I played was Scout, he was this super agile, fast dude that had no health, and he could, like, double jump, and he was- <laughs> it's funny. His playstyle was you get in, do damage, then run away. Yeah. <laughs> Which sounds familiar. <laughs> so He's a bit of a little shit. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. I'm gonna touch on your name now, so it's- Wowser, which some people may know where it's from. I didn't, to be honest. But it comes from a beloved title, another game that you cherish. Life is Strange. So where God. exactly does that name come from in this game? Okay, so basically Max, who is um the girl with, not with yeah, her. Um she basically says Wowser as a way of saying wow. And I caught on to the slang. I catch on to a lot of slang. You're like, if you talk with me and then you play this game, you'll hear so much slang that I use, which is funny. But yeah, basically, um, so when I quit Team Fortress 2, I knew I wanted to change my name. And I was just like, and I was just like, Wowzer in here, just randomly, like, while I thought of something. And I guess you can kind of guess how that went. Yeah. Didn't didn't really come up with anything and now it's a bit late so that's me <laughs> look it is that thing though where a lot of us we choose a name and over a period of time you know it starts to grow people start to know you by that name but then mm. you may reach a point where you want to change it but then as you said it's too late people just they look at you and they think well sir like it's hard to not give you another name but that well I mean, look at Rambo. He was Rambo like 10 years ago. People still call him Rambo. Yeah. <laughs> like, if I did, there wouldn't be much point. And people say they like it, so it's like, I just stick with it, I guess. Yeah. Well, I mean, have you had times where you've just thought, oh crap, maybe I should have had more time, thought of something else, more edgy? <laughs> I mean, I personally don't really like it, but I mean, as I said, people say they like it. And. It is unintentionally a reference to my favorite games, so it's like... I mean, even on my stick, I have like a... Probably can't see it very well, but it says, Life is Wowzer on it. Yep. Which is kind of... Which is kind of so... I can't get rid of it now. Well, hey, are you pretty psyched <laughs> that they're doing the remastered edition of that game? Oh yeah, for sure. I haven't, I haven't played it since when it first came out. Can't even remember when that was six, six, five years ago. Because, because you, yeah, because um, you do stream. Like, it's good to see you streaming other games outside of Tekken. Would you stream mm. Life is Strange? Are there any other games that 
have caught your interest? Maybe. I mean, yes, I will replay the game, but it obviously won't be the same because of the type of game it is. I don't know if you've ever played it or, you know, anything about how it plays or anything. But I know a little bit of the backstory. I've, I've played a bit of the beginning of Life of Strange 2. Okay. So yeah, it's it's pretty something. So she has this yeah. power to go back through time through the photos that she takes. And it's mm. kind of like those uh heavy rain beyond two souls. So like every decision you make ultimately takes you down a path. Exactly. And, yeah. And that's why I feel like it's not it's like a game you can only truly experience once cuz you know, if you play it again, you already know what the consequences are. So your choices feel a bit altered whereas if you don't know what's going to happen, your choices are 100 percent genuine yeah All right. but um yeah i'm still keen for it and there's of course the new life is strange that's going to come out which looks neat too mm. i've played all of them okay so we'll bring it back to tekken <laughs> there's this clip that you showed me and it's it's a mirror match of your character with two very strong Alyssa players obviously yeah. we know chanel but there's this guy called show so in your storyline where does this clip into your life this was my very very first uh bit of tekken 7 gameplay that i watched basically and this was this was back in 2016 as well um so i had actually watched tekken 7 for quite a bit before it even came out like i was already studying it and all that um I can't remember exactly what made me find this match because um i definitely knew who aisa was it would have been something like searching up tekken 7 aisa and this would have been like the top result at the time um and the reason you're probably wondering why did i search that up in the first place mm. so basically this was like end of 2016 um, my brother bought over Tekken 6 because he wanted someone to play with. Uh, my older brother, mind you. I didn't want to play, but I was like, fine, whatever, like, I'll play a stupid, stupid game. <laughs> Saw Arisa, thought she was cool. But I was like, damn, this game's so cool. It's a shame I can't play this game because, you know, I'm a PC master race kind of thing. And then he was like, oh, there's going to be a new game. Uh, coming early 2017, totally came out early 2017. Um, he said it was going to come on PC, so I was like, oh, y'all, I'll have to give it a little go when it comes out. I decided to look it up, found this match, and that was that. Okay. Were you, so you were quite taken from Elisa from the very beginning, like, yes, it was the hair, yes. it was her fight style like what what was it that was appealing to you i don't know because normally i would always go for the super edgy like emo type characters um normally like devil Jin or something would kind of be more my style but um i don't know why i picked her in the first place because when i first saw her i didn't even know she was like a cyborg android whatever you want to call her i just thought she was just this normal ass girl um i was a bit of a weeb at the time though <laughs> I will admit, not as much these days, but I was, I was a bit of weeb there, so I would say the pink hair and all that uh, definitely influenced it. And then when I saw like her arms come off, she has chainsaws, wings, all that stuff, I was like, yo, this is like, is she like a cyborg or something? Because I've always 
been a huge fan of cyborgs mainly from raiden from the Mil gear rising game um my favorite character of all time yeah he's a sick she, character yeah she she gave me those vibes of him because you know as i said the whole cyborg thing and yeah it's kind of like went from there she was a cool robot cyborg badass i guess <laughs> <laughs> so how long would you say from when you watched this clip to attending your first rambats what was the time frame Mm, I probably watched this video, as I said, it was around the end of 2016, probably like December or something. I attended my first Ramba, it was the last one of 2017, which was around October, I think. Okay. Of 2017. So within a year, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I, I like bought the game as soon as it came out. It's funny, actually. Because the way I actually ended up buying Tekken 7 was when I used to play Team Fortress 2. I don't know if you know, but it has like this hat system where you pay real money to buy hats and costumes. Basically, I used to trade in it so I would make profits from it. And what I did was <laughs> I sold all my hats to buy Tekken 7. <laughs> my poor hats, man. <laughs> did they take a while to, to gain? Like hats? Uh, it's slow to start for sure, but yeah, I mean, you have hats that are worth like hundreds and thousands of dollars and all that. Um, they, they were called unusual hats. They basically were hats, but they had like special effects on them. Like the clip of me had like ghosts around it. That was an unusual hat. I can't remember how much that was, but yeah, I sold that and a bunch of other stuff. Like you pay for guns, sold all that. I can't even know how much Tekken 7 was, but yeah. Yeah. Well, if I may say so, when we first met, I never thought that you were a wee. That wasn't the impression that I got. You just seemed like a very, very polite, courteous, maybe out of place white boy. Like as we, as we all as we all are when we attend our first rambats, like trying to find out if this is for us. You know, fish out of water. Like very curious, but you don't want to step on anyone's toes. I never thought you were very polite and courteous. And yeah, I remember your first rambats. And see where you are now it's just yeah it, it's, <laughs> it, so terrifying it's a, bro it's amazing like every player you thought was terrifying now it's like jesus the terrified of you <laughs> I miss, God, that feels like such a long time bro, ago i, now, I miss those honest. days at mega weird that were, giga that mega weird they were it was a good place man it was such it a was good layout true. yeah but i mean the esports hub arena is too bad that's not a bad trade-off mm, yeah i just miss the people you know yeah all the ogs and all that they're all kind of gone now who were some of the ogs during that time that were encouraging you to like oh like stay with us oh. stay stay with the scene abaji man oh, yeah. <laughs> abaji yeah. i miss that guy man civil too Seventy still comes out yeah i know <laughs> once in a fucking blue moon or even four blue moons but yeah comes out more than rambo <laughs> slight dig yeah, <laughs> nah, it's cool, cool. yeah um, there's a so many people man but, mm. yeah i'll bring up one of your most influential matches you were playing in bam 11 and you were playing against uh dan banter now he's known as huang say um the tekken path to evo thing um look at me there. <laughs> yeah like already from your rambats first rambats till now there was so much growth so much 
yeah, you'd come so much, so far and so lesser time, I suppose. You know, you were already like one of the strongest Tekken players outdoing some of the legends who had been playing for years in our scene. Mm, yeah, this would have been... How long would I have been playing here? About one year and nine months or something? With a character that a lot of people would never give much credit to. Yeah, and I literally only played her for that whole period as well. Like, I learned the whole game with her, everything. Put so much time and effort into her, man. Mm. Effectively, this was the, the biggest tournament because there was a lot on the line um, for both of you, you and your opponent. Oh yeah, I never won anything like a trip to Las Vegas. Because before this, like before I went to Australia, I was never one to travel or anything. Like The only time I would have traveled would have been was like 10 years old on a trip to the Gold Coast, you know, classic. But like, that was it, you know? So it was like going to las vegas i tell you when i won this set i actually it just like sunk in like and oh, I don't, you could make this well, thing happen well that i actually had made it happen that like i'm actually going to vegas to do something that i loved and my passion was like paying off in a way and yeah i actually i want i I almost cried not gonna lie i like cover my face like this because i was like hiding my face because i didn't want to show people that i was it yeah oh shit bit of hide <laughs> your your family because um, you because you have siblings um were they aware of what yes. you're going to australia for mm, i'm not sure about my younger ones i can't remember too much i think my 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 older brother probably knew it at the time it was mainly papa ham that was encouraging me to be honest mm. at that time because i was kind of still like starting out getting out there in a way so yeah yeah they didn't really know i don't think were there any key things from this set with dan banter now huang say that you still remember today <laughs> yeah i remember um because it, um, I think it ends free two after reset or something. Yeah. Yeah, it does. And, um, so I was in losers here. No, 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 sorry. I was in winners. And he got something like five games straight or something. And it, I was like, he was two nil up for final match. And I remember just thinking to myself, this fucking guy is gonna be so fucking nervous and desperate because he wants this prize so badly <laughs> and it actually made me calm down more i felt very very confident in myself because i knew for a fact how nervous he was and very sweet yeah <laughs> that is one thing that i've always seen between you two is your styles as you said you you used to get a lot of hate pre nzfgc because of this of the of the character you know that you play um and your play style is very defensive some people don't like that like i think new zealand has a lot of players that are explosive you know that explosive style um yes. and that was kind of the duality between you and him is that he could kind of flick on the intensity on a dime whereas you would always kind of be that same note pure fundamental defensive um we'll go over obviously the change of your play style when you had to for a temporary time change to another character um but did you ever see that relationship 
whenever you guys run into a tournament, you were like fire and water. You were kind of like, you know, hot and cold. Well, it's funny actually, because because there was a period where he would beat me, and there'd be a period where I would beat him. The main change was I actually became more aggressive to overcome him because he didn't really have much defense himself. Mm. And, you know, offense, I think, is much easier if your opponent doesn't have the defense. And Arisa, she wasn't an offensive character, at least back then she wasn't, so it was tough. But I remember watching a hell of a ton of Arsene Ash, actually, and his style with Kazmi really inspired my Arisa's aggression style like jab and just poke and move and that kind of stuff because you know I was always super defensive but it got to a point where I was too defensive and it would kind of it didn't work on you know yeah like def- some people would be able to overcome it and yeah. Dan was one person that could always exploit my defense yeah. so I had to learn from fighting him so much I had to learn to get offensive and then from there it's all about learning when to be offense and defense you can't just be one or the other yeah no just whenever i would see you two run into each other i'd always see that relationship that fire and water um relationship it was really interesting to always see it play out and that was one of your bigger that was one of your biggest matches before you grabbed your big sponsor kanga now i'll be honest man when a lot of people would ask me about sponsorships i would never mention you i'd never mention players like Wong say or anyone else just because like you're already on their radar like there's like you don't even need mm-hmm. to push yourself like it'll happen eventually you just have to give it time and then it eventually did you know you got Kanga um you grabbed an yep. opportunity that not a lot of people you know would have been able to get that we were hungry for um <laughs> and you you know you're able to travel and get a lot of overseas experience um yeah what when you found out the news uh what were your first thoughts news of getting sponsored you mean hmm well, I actually knew for a while, because um, I was talking with Timmy Flaps for a bit about it, because he made like this, it was like this tweet or something, saying if you're looking to get sponsored, like, hit him up kind of thing. Um, and my friend Blind Duality brought it up to me, and so I messaged him about it, and uh, he basically, I said I was going to BAM, and I was... So I met him there and I talked to him a bit and he was so supportive by the way. He was like, <laughs> he was really supportive of, of me and he really wanted me to be on Kanga. It took a little bit. I think it took about, it was around July. So I think it was about in the talks for like two or three months or something. And then, yeah, they finally, finally got it. And um, yeah. Did, well, did they I have to win you insane. over? Did they have to put on much of a sales pitch or... Were you just waiting for the stars to align? <laughs> nah, kind of just like, I can't remember exactly what it was. It might have been Timmy just having to talk to them about me or something. Or them having to write a contract, whatever. But yeah. um, I think a big, big influence on it was my free trip to Evo. Yes. Like, I think that was a big influence on why I got it too. Oh boy. <laughs> yeah, going to Evo, running into how many Steves of uh, that caliber? Every tournament. Every tournament. Well, it was season two, man. There were Steves everywhere. 
<sighs> yep. Yep. Horrible. As Nobi said, because when I fought Nobi at BAM and he bit me, you know what he said to his... Uh, he said, um... Unlosable matchup. <laughs> Unlosable matchup. Cheeky bastard. Thank you, man. <laughs> what were some of the best things about this trip to America? Obviously, Evo, but what other things, you know, made it worthwhile? I think, honestly, just letting people know that we exist, you know, because we're kind of like literally on the bottom of the world. People don't really know of us. I think it was definitely just getting on scene out there like people would ask me it was like i like your accent where are you from I'm like new zealand and like what the hell's that <laughs> you know like they, they don't know and um other than that you know being able to meet more of my australian friends again like alchemist rick brown man and all that um and i think the biggest thing for me was it was my first time meeting chanel as well because chanel wasn't at bam I managed to get a photo with him. I don't know where that photo was, though. I think that photo is long gone now. Jan, there was, like, this Arisa cosplayer that can... I think it was Brown Man and Rick. They made me do a photo with her, and I was so nervous. <laughs> uh, yeah, th th there was so much. Or even just, like, being able to... <laughs> when I rocket punch Super Akuma, it was so yeah. funny. <laughs> so how many of you were at... Uh... I'm trying to remember who was it. It was, I think it was Corn, you. It was Royston, Royston, Rambo. Neil was there as well, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, there was Dan. Uh, there was Milky. I think I think there was about ten of us. Yeah. There was about ten of us. But you know what? The names that you've said—that's a good group to be with. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And you know, I met new people as well. Like, um, I met Anya there. She's really. She's really lovely, she is. Um, from Mexico, I believe you had her on here before. Yep. Yeah, that was where I met her. Uh, yeah, yeah, as I said, you know. Uh, oh yeah, I remember once. It was weird. Uh, normally, I would be the person to like approach international people. I was like, oh wow, nice to meet you. It was so weird, because um, I think it was like Petro Rose or something. I'm like, oh wow, so come here. It was freaking cherry berry mango. It was like, oh, you're well, nice to meet you. I'm like, uh, why do you know me? <laughs> I was like, so confused. Because I knew cherry berry mango was. I was like, how do you know who I am? That's crazy. It was dude. so random, you know? And uh, yeah, being able to play Rangshu as well was insane because he was in my bracket. God, that guy was insane. He was. Hmm. God damn. What was that? <laughs> Someone's nose got in the way? <laughs> Honestly, Petro is a good chiller, man. Like, he knows how to sell his product, but he knows how to sell the people in the video. Uh, he did He did so much at EVO, getting the footage. Like, none of this footage would be, you know? Like, I didn't get on the mainstream or anything, so I'm so thankful that he even just got this match. It's, yeah. Crazy. Got another one. You were at OHN, rocking the Kanga banner, but you're in the Australian <laughs> home turf. And yep. I've got the match with you where you're playing Dion Gray, and I think you came oh boy. third. So this is yes, this is as far as you got. And obviously, New Zealand's watching. We are rooting for you like hell, but we know it's Dion Gray. He is not going to be an easy target. Um, you've had experience with Dion, and obviously, you've once again, it's like you've come so far, even from Evo to this point. It's like where, where was your mind at this point? 
Mm, I mean, I actually fought him at BAM, and I bet him. I put him in losers. And I had trained with him so much online as well. Like, played him heaps, heaps. So, I mean, I guess I was somewhat confident, because as I said, I had beaten him before. But if I remember credit, I get absolutely demolished in this match. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't go very well, but... um. Yeah, that was a good match, though. We, I mean, this is Jack. We have another defensive turtle-type character. So yes. you kind of knew the, the rhythm that he would employ. Um, I think I even heard from someone, and I wish I remembered who said it, but they told me, like, what Dion was doing, he was taking moments where he was just standing still because he was trying to provoke you into doing something. Did you feel that at times during the match with him? Oh, it was, to be honest, it was way too long ago at this point. And especially with me having been in, down in Christchurch recently and playing him a bit, it's... Yeah, th this footage is a bit too old for me to fully remember. Yeah. But... Mm, I just mainly remember feeling really flustered. <laughs> that new movie that I was new at the time, so everyone was eating that. Yeah. Yeah, I just remember being really flustered not knowing what to do, to be yeah. honest. And what was your new move? Your new move was the the back four four, was it? The that new punish? I think it was, yeah. I think I think so. Might have been, yeah. Must have been. Okay. Um, actually, no. Nah, the new thing was the bunny outfit. Let's be real. <laughs> All right. The Being new able to use the bunny outfit in tournament, yeah, that yeah. was all I cared about. Yeah. It was really cool to see how you had, I guess, what we would call a rocky moment. You know, like rocky. Like, there's uh, Rocky Four where he's, like, fighting the Russian guy in his home turf, but the locals are cheering him. And, you know, the Australians love you as well, and they were seem they were seeming to do that as well for you. Oh, yeah. I, I have, like, tons of Aussie friends. I absolutely love the Australians, man. I need to... I miss those guys, man. Um, Chin was definitely one of the most fun I've ever had. They're so cool there, so chill, so nice. All that stuff. It was, yeah, it was a really awesome tournament. And, um... My it was funny because for my uh, Kanga buddies who was like Naveed and Rick and all that, you know, the Australians, but like I'm Kanga, so they had to root for me instead of their Australian boy. Yeah. <laughs> they had to betray their home turf. Yeah, yeah. Even though I kind of betrayed New Zealand because it was a kangaroo, but can you do? <laughs> yeah, I know. Why do you like the bunny outfit so much? Because, you, you know, you always seem to choose that. Over any other custom presets? Um, it's not as much the outfit itself, it's more the fact it's a bunny. I've always had a fascination with rabbits in general. I and like in this footage, I had like this bunny necklace. necklace. Um, you know, it was quite a few things. Like, um, I was born under the year of the rabbits. I think I always had a fascination with that. And one of my favorite anime characters, um, since I was a weeb, as I said, <laughs> she had like this bunny theme going on. Who was a uh, Toka from Tokyo Ghoul? Yeah, and then Alisa also turned out to be a bunny girl. So I was like, yo, you know, I have this whole bunny thing kind of going. It just seemed right. Just fit. Yeah, bro. Yeah, it's definitely not because of. Um, the skin she shows. <laughs> <laughs> Does Chanel approve that you like the bunny preset? Oh yeah, he's, 
some of the first footage I used to look at of me to be wearing it, I'd be like, yo, that outfit's sick. <laughs> <laughs> so like what so what was what what what's that been like to actually you know, we all kind of look up to players of the characters that we play, but you actually got to meet Chino and got to play him and you've got to know him um mm. from first meeting him. So what's what what's it been like, that that relationship? Does he how much tech do you share? Do you share much info <laughs> on other things in life? Yeah, every so often I send him like a Arisa mod here and there. It's like, yo, Chanel, check this out. And he's like, oh, wow, thank you, bro. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, as I said, I first met him in uh, Evo. Um, got a photo of him. It kind of didn't really go anything from that, you know? Um, and then I went to Korea for ASF. I met him again. And, uh, Again, I was scared to go up to him, but this time he actually recognized me. So like, what the fuck? Why does he recognize me? <laughs> you know, he was, he, was, he was really, really cool. I got another photo. And I got peer pressured by my friends there, because Abaji was there. He was kind of like my translator, like my Korean translator. Um, basically, I asked him to play a match with me. And here it is here. You know, I, get, I got to play with him. Yeah. And um, I guess you could say he was surprised by how I played. As in, you know, because like New Zealand isn't really a known region, right? He probably would have expected me to, I don't know. Yeah, push over, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I'm actually, here I'm actually the one on the left, and he's the red one on the right. Um, but yeah, and then he, he gave me some advice uh, through Abuji's translation. He had funny uh, advice actually. It was um, oh backdash more, backdash more. <laughs> thanks, thanks, Janelle. Thanks. <laughs> so this is so this is off Brown Man's computer or laptop. So where is this? Yes, is this yes. in the hotel room of Brown Man. No, so this was actually at like the tournament setup, and um, basically Brown Man had a laptop there, and um, I just asked him to play on it. I think it was the first of five we did. Um, and he actually said, yeah, I was so shocked. I was like, oh my God, I'm actually going to play Chanel. What the, you know? And this was my first time fighting like a high level Aisa player as well. Cause there's not really much Aisa players here. Yeah. People seem uh, to forget that, that not a lot of people actually specialize with this character. Like, yeah. can, can you make a top 10 list of Alyssa players? Like, like you mean worldwide? Yeah. Worldwide, like legit top 10. Um, it's hard to say now, because, like, you've got Chanel, but he hardly even plays her anymore these days. And then there's this other player I used to really like, named Bakerin, who was my favorite for a bit. Uh, he doesn't... Last I saw him, he was playing Thak. The only Alisa players I can really think of is, like, Cuddlecore. Hmm. Um, I don't know if Kawaiiface Miles still plays her, there's... Shirtle from Europe. I don't know if he still plays or remains there. Like, I feel like there's no Aisa representation anywhere. Yeah. You know, it's not the loyalists. You're just saying the representation. Um, yeah, yeah, it's just not. Mm, yeah, it's we, weird. Yeah, we will definitely go into that a bit later. Um, but so he gave you advice. Backdash more. Did <laughs> anyone much. else in that room give you any other advice or peer pressure you to do anything else with him? <laughs> 
Uh, well, another thing I thought was creepy was, um, so Nii was actually watching as well. He was like behind Chanel in his chair. So I, I was playing Chanel and I had Nii watching as well. I felt so much pressure. I'm like, oh my god, I have to make sure I look good. <laughs> um, nah, not really. It was kind of, yeah, they just made me talk to Chanel. I really wanted to get his autograph on my stick, but I couldn't get a freaking pin anywhere to like, like a permanent marker, so that didn't work. Um, yeah, and then it was mainly, um, like, when I came back home, I started coming into his stream, and he followed me on Twitter, and um, he would start replying to me, and then I'd go on his Twitch channel, he'd be like, oh, hello, wowja, and then he'd, like, talk about me, but in Korean, so I'd hear him say Korean words, he'd say wowza, and then New Zealand, I'm like, okay, he's, he's telling people who I am, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, it's just, yeah, these days, we, we just, yeah, it's, it's, it's really weird, to be honest. Like, he's like on my friends list on Steam and everything, like, we just, it's just casual, you know, like. That's pretty smooth, man. It's pretty yeah, it's, smooth. It's, it's really weird, but the only issue is it. Obviously, his English isn't that good, but I try to use really simple English so we can understand each other. Yeah. If you were to meet him again in the future, what would be one like? What would be the things that you want to do? You definitely wanted to autograph your stick. Is there anything else? I don't know if I would now because it it kind of feels different now. Like because he's more your peer now rather than yeah like the idol. Like, yeah. I haven't had an idol for a while now. To be honest, it's not that like I think I'm at the school level of Chanel or anything. It's just I feel like I kind of went my own way, you know. Yeah. Um, and especially with him not really playing Arisa anymore as well, could be another factor. But even when he does, it's like, yeah. I mean, I root for him, but he's not like I won't fanboy over him anymore. And yeah, I don't really have I haven't had any players like that for a while now. As I said, there was the other Arisa player named Bakrin, but he's not around anymore. Okay. Well, before we'll touch into the whole changing Alyssa to play, you know, the other character. So you had the matches with Chanel, and this was probably before, or oh, not happening during the actual IESF thing where Brown Man and Alchemist were commentating. Um, and I and I should have said it before, Australia, they've got some of the best commentators, hands down they they beat us so much in terms of commentary but yeah you're playing take and he's playing kazumi um another opportunity that like doesn't come around for new zealand but here you are playing against every country's representative player yeah like did you feel the pressure man i just want to say damn i look so different there (laughs) but um yeah, I guess definitely I wanted to do well for the country. Um, but I tell you, this this match was is probably the most fun I've ever had in a match. Probably. Why probably is my most favorite match. It just felt... It just felt so, like, fun and... Like, everything he did, I felt like I was fully 100% outplayed. He made me feel like Arisa sucked. Like, he would, like, step everything. And that was when I realized Elisa was actually very linear. 
and um yeah it was, it was crazy it was just so fun it was just, it was just poking like, i don't think even really any combos happened it's just poke move all that stuff it was yeah i absolutely loved that match and even just like i think i got one game like that that one game felt so goddamn good yeah <laughs> it was it was very fun like obviously i wanted to win but i didn't feel that bad for losing especially because yeah, it was it was a little bit after this match i saw in a tournament knee picked arisa against take and knee lost i was like okay that makes me feel better yeah. <laughs> he lost with arisa too so i kind of been that bad <laughs> did, did yeah you... i learned so much from that match it was yeah so did you fun. did you discover something new playing against a kazumi with elisa or was it just general fundamentals you're right there were hardly any combos happening it was just kind of poke backdashing poke pause well, another poke the, th the thing is no one plays like this in our region and i think that's why i had so much fun with it like yeah i feel like yeah it's just movement poking it, mm. I, know, I can't really explain it, but it, it was definitely something I've never fought before. Because I fought Chanel after this match. Um, yeah. And um, I just wish I could fight that style more often, you know? I haven't, I haven't fought that style since I went overseas. It's definitely... Best way I could describe it, it kind of felt like I was fighting myself in a way. Okay. As in, like... You know, same kind of play style. Because I realize my style is a bit unique in this region. But when I go overseas, I notice it's much more common. And so it's definitely very enjoyable, for sure. Mm. Well, what's the closest you've come to facing this style over here, or even in Australia? No, there isn't really anyone, to be honest. No? <laughs> no, not really. Oh, yeah. Not really, no. Avoid... A lot of Oceania kind of feels the same to me, if I'm completely honest. Quite aggressive? Yeah, like, hit, like, big button heavy, I kind of feel like. Not as much movement and stuff like that. But, I mean, it's kind of like, when you travel, you realize each region kind of have their own play styles. Like, Korea is very, like, movement-heavy, whereas you go to, like, Japan or something, they're much more, like, aggressive and kind of more buttons. Apart from Take, Take plays more like a Korean, which is very interesting. Um, but yeah, and then I feel like Oceania, not, as, not really much about movement. It is, like, aggression, buttons kind of big moves and stuff like that big buttons to get big damage yeah yeah kind of like that yeah, yeah. Mm. well we did mention we did go over your tenure with kanga and some of the tournaments you've played in um and i should actually mention the one man who i mean come on like you mentioned it, yeah of course you know like you know your dad's the goat you know and i mean that you know he's into <laughs> martial arts and i truly believe that parents that come from a passionate background admiration of sports they generally tend to fuel that diligence that attitude to compete in their children because they want to achieve what they get the opportunities that ne that they never got but your father mm. never did that with you you know he kind of encouraged you as you said to walk 
your path, not in martial arts, but in your passion, fighting games. Well, it's funny. He would say, he would say I was doing what he did, except it was in my brain, not as, as you know, like doing martial arts, but through the game kind of thing. That's how you would always put it. Hmm. Has he ever tried, did he ever, when you were growing up, try to get you to follow the ways of the karate or the ninja? He's no, I mean he 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 um he did used to teach uh kempo. He used to do kempo classes that my older brother did. Um it never really was for me. Um but I do remember he would always say, like say we would play Mortal Kombat together or something. He would always be like, Man, you should really like compete. Like I reckon you'd be really good son. This is when I'm like 12 or 13 or something and he would say i was just like shut up dad i don't know talk about <laughs> like i i wouldn't I'm, I'm not good at these games um yeah he's always just been supportive no matter what i do to be honest um yeah. no nah, we love yeah. that and <laughs> you know i guess we'll take this part now to the whole you dropping Alyssa fukuni and he was one of the people that was telling you you know have a secondary pick a secondary we've had this talk in the past about you know specialists and loyalists you know does it hinder your skill level and to some degree it does um but it's weird because a lot of people they like seeing you play in part because of the character so when you dropped Alyssa to go to Cooney we were mentioning it before about the whole the way you played that defensive style didn't work what happened to make you realize that well, it was definitely the fact that Cooney was much more tailored through aggression. I mean, she was like three stances. <laughs> you know, it was, yeah, it just wasn't working for me at all. So I just started experimenting with her much more, and I was finding much more success with it. Um, yeah. And she has a lot of stuff that I'm not used to, like, for example, having. A legit downfield one because uh when you look at alisa's downfield one she has like a minus seven downfield one like what are you gonna do with that mm. so you, you can't really play her in like a traditional way where you use like like a quick safe mid poke that's like good frames on block if you get what i mean like yeah. alisa was never anything like that and i don't think it was so much of Cooney's problem, I think it was more since Arisa works so different from everyone else in the cast. I think the fact that I learned the game with her, because as I said, I, I played her for like two or three years straight, and I think since because of her unique playstyle, that hindered me when I went to Cooney, who kind of had some much more traditional tools, like, you know, as I said, having a good downfield one, having a generic down four. Yeah, just, just stuff like that. Mm. I found that really difficult. Yeah. I'll also briefly mention, I think it was last year's Nats, where I think you were, pl yeah, you were playing Alyssa, and you got knocked out by 305 playing Safina. You didn't even make top eight let alone top 16 like that was an upset <laughs> that was an upset 
no one expected. I think there was two, maybe three moments where he ended up at your back. Um, <laughs> th- that was the nightmare of Safina. Like, it was that was pretty hard to see, man. Uh, like, I don't like to make excuses or anything, as that's not what I'm like. But if I'm completely honest, I was in a very bad place there. Like, I didn't even want to be at the tournament or anything. I was only there because Dad really wanted me to go there and compete. But I was not in the right headspace or anything. And a lot of people could probably see that. Like, I was very... I mean, I know I'm normally antisocial anyway, but I took it to, like, a whole other extreme. I wasn't talking to anyone. I just didn't want to be there and that definitely affected my gameplay a lot yeah um yeah but i mean even then like three or five did really good you know he got freaking second right second. yeah yeah so i mean it's not that i played really bad either like three or five for sure he did he deserved it but yeah i i definitely was not in the hit space to compete there mm. you dropping Alyssa to play Cooney, um, you released a video on your channel and I'll kind of briefly go over the the headline message was that, you know, you were afraid of dropping Alyssa because of, you know, abandoning Alyssa felt like kind of abandoning the support and love you got, you know, from people because of the character. You know, we loved you for the bond, you and the character. Yeah. Um, I know that was quite hard for you to to kind of deal with um but you somehow you somehow you somehow overcame it and you found your footing with with Cooney um and you made some good you know tournament results but I think obviously what we really want to see you do is be back on top with Elisa and you did it with Crush Counter Capital we'll mention briefly Southern Stronghold where you were playing Cooney um and Shredder 2 OP Marduk 2 OP um, and then not long after that, Rambats, you know, Yumi's playing Cooney as well, and you were kind of struggling with the mirror matches. What was it exactly in the mirror match that you had trouble with? It just felt really awkward, because you're both doing the same thing, forcing the same situations, but... I don't know. I think it was more that... My when I play Cooney, I have a rougher time paying attention to my opponent. Um, yeah, I don't know if that's just from like different situations, as I said, like having a different downfoot one. Um, and overall, I, I think Yumi just was the better Cooney player, like easily, especially now because uh, he was always labbing with her. And that's the thing, like, when I was playing Arisa, as I said, like, I learned the game with her. I learned so much situational stuff through her. And so completely changing it to play a character like Cooney, like, I wasn't even labbing or practicing when I was playing her because I didn't have any passion with Cooney, like, nowhere near the passion I had with Cooney that I did with Arisa. Whereas, when you look at Yumi, he definitely has that passion with her. And that's definitely why he bit me in the mirror, to be honest. Yeah. Just, yeah, he has that passion with her, he wants to be good with her. Cooney, yeah. It was a bit of an awkward situation. Yeah, it isn't something that we face a lot. Um, well, over here, loyalists and mirror matches. This is one of the Rambats 
one of the last Rambats prior to CCC. Um, so, you know, you're kind of heading into CCC kind of knowing that if you run into him in later bracket, it's going to be a Kuni versus Kunimura. Or did you decide early on that you were going to rock out Alyssa? A lot of people were saying, if you bring out Alyssa in CCC, I'm going to lose my shit. Um, <laughs> so, what was your prep for CCC? I mean, if I'm completely like on the after interview, you after just rock up, you just rock up, feeling you're all good. Like, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'm ready. <laughs> it, all it was, I just like I talked to my friend T Swifer, whatever you want to call him. I just talked to him. I was like, "Who the hell do I play, man?" He said, "Alisa." I'm like, okay, that was that. That's <laughs> really all it was. I mean, it's like, okay, I'll play her. Yeah, I mean, you were playing a lot of Destiny too before Southern yes. Stronghold, and I thought, oh, it's yes. probably going to be the same thing. He's just going to be focused on other games, and he'll just rock up to CCC. Like, he may not take the gold, but, you know, he'll 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 get close. Mm. Yeah. I mean, like, I, I... Yeah, I just didn't really know what to do, to be honest. Like, do I main Noctis? Do I keep playing Cooney? Do I go back to Elisa? Because, like, the reason why i switched to cooney in the first place was because i don't i haven't been enjoying the way arisa has been changed every patch um i still don't enjoy her like um like even now i'm not like whenever i play her i'm not enjoying her um but yeah it's just like because how they they nerf the poking and all that and then they adjust it by buffing a chainsaw move. I hate chainsaws. They're, they're so boring. They're so easy. It's just lame. Um, and so I went to Cooney because it was a way to get out of that awkwardness. Because I felt like I was fighting my own character with the whole like being forced to go into chainsaw stance where, when I don't want to, but you, there's like situations where you literally can't get out of it. Yes. Yeah. And I had so much conflict like that. Whereas Cooney felt much, much more freestyle to me. Like, nothing really felt forced. Um, and plus she was edgy and emo, she was more like my normal <laughs> stereotype of characters I would go for. But, mm, I could just never really get that familiarity I did with her that I did Alisa. Mm. Well, and... Sorry, man, yep. Um, I think a lot of it too is just my Arisa has had so much experience. Like, um, like I have, like, no doubt, Arisa is my best character by far. Like, my Kuni, my Noctis, they, they're like nowhere near close. Um, and I think that's because, like, as I said, I learned the game with her, I played her for like three years straight, and I've had all my overseas experience with her facing all these different play styles and characters and everything and yeah just mm. Mm. so you're like me you're like a lot of us you're not really a fan of how all the characters are starting to have not only similar tools but similar options to overcome any situation that they're put in yeah i mean even now I still don't know if I would call myself an Arisa player. I'm still in conflict whether I, I want to play Arisa and Kuni together 
if I want to play Elisa Noctis, if I want to play Kunia Noctis, if I just want to play Noctis, like, I don't, I don't know. Like, the only thing I do know is I said, I know my Elisa's my best character. If I want success, then yes, use her. And, um... Honestly, at this point, I've just been tying myself, like... Uh, like, using chainsaws, um... She's just like every other character now, like every character, they're, they're super cheap, they have all these stupid moves, and this is Adisa's stupid move, so if anything is just making it fair for everyone else, it's like, okay, you got you got some bullshit, here's some bullshit back at you, I'll do some fucking chainsaws or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, outruling you bringing out Kuni at the next major, or even at an offline, that's not to be ruled out? You know, we could still see Cooney from you in the future? Honestly, it all depends on how I'm feeling. Like, as I said, I still don't know who I want to play. I don't... I don't enjoy Arisa. It's just... she. Yeah, she's just not the same as she used to be. Okay. Well, the Tekken 7 exhibition that I hosted when I had Brown Man and Friendly Tree commentating, Brown Man said something really interesting. It's the fact that, like, changing to a character that you're comfortable with it's not about the skill level, but just something changes, you know, you feel more confident, you know, something just clicks when you're playing a character that you're more confident with, and you're saying with Alyssa, that's, she's it for you, you know, like, if you bring yes. out Alyssa, it means you're going out all guns blazing. Oh yeah, as, as soon as I got Alyssa, everything just feels supernatural for me. Yeah, everything, because, like, labbing every single situation i do some weird one in a billion chance situation that happens i don't know what to do i'm gonna freaking lab that for a case that one in a billion happens again it was it was so much of that mm. and all of it pre pretty much everything i did was my own because arisa players they all they all kind of felt the same. I've never really did any unique or special stuff, so I kind of had to lab everything myself. And also on top of the fact that there's never really been any Arisa players in the first place. So the fact that I had to lab everything, it's just... Like, it's, at this point, I, like, you kind of become the character in a way. You just... Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, it, it just definitely wasn't like that of Cooney at all. Not at all. Well, with you coming back into form... With Alyssa, you know, you've gone through this somewhat transformation. You know, the black hair, the makeup. <laughs> you're on Instagram now. Like, what what's going on, man? Um, uh, just, just trying new things. You know, I mean, this whole like whatever the frick you want to call it, grunge, emo, cringe, e boy. I don't know, whatever. It's always been up here for like ages i was just always too scared to commit to it because like you'd probably notice like whenever i play a game my character would be like super edgy and emo and and then i'll just be like this innocent little blonde white boy that looked funny <laughs> just like i saw you on day one man nah but NCFG, yeah it was always his family you should never feel you know be who you are like that's the one thing that i think that, makes that's us so why... real that's why I'm doing it, because I want to show people that it's okay to be who you are. As I know that, like, I do have an image, I know that people know me, so I want to use that as a way 
to show that it's okay to just be yourself, don't give a shit about what other people think. And especially after that incident at um, Oh yeah, yeah. No. Yeah. Like that was when I was like, I'm just gonna show it. it's okay to be yourself. So I'm just gonna go full emo <laughs> pretty much. Is is this you being yourself, man? This this very wholesome, hearty tweet that seemed to grab a lot of positive attention. Now, a lot of pro players would charge for something like this, or they may not give a shit to people who are less skilled than them. What sparked this from you? I've, I've been told for, like, years, like, oh, you should coach people, like, you can make money out of it and all that, but I've, I've never really believed... Like I've got no, like, money. no harm if you want to make money from it, but it's just an it's it's an interesting topic, you know, because there are some people that only commit time if they're getting something on the side. Um, but how for me, it's oh sorry, I no, cut no, you off there. No, no, go, 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 go. <laughs> for me, it's the scene getting better, and whatever way you want to look at it, it gets our scene out there. So if we start traveling again, you know, we'll show up. Or if the scene gets better, so do I, because, you know, um, yeah, the scene gets better, so do I. It's, it's a lot of things, and uh, a lot of it is just, like, I've always helped people, but it was always from people asking me, and I've always enjoyed doing it. It's just, it's a way of making me feel good about myself, like, being able to help others. And yeah, like, that's all it really is for me, you know, mm. just like, Getting like, oh, thank you so much for the help. And actually seeing them improve, it's just like... It's it's priceless in a way for me. Like, it just makes me happy. And yeah, as I said, the scene getting better, you know? Yeah, yeah well, that's good, man. I, um, I think, you know, we like to see champions rise. Um, but I think what's really special is when you have a champion that has a lot of people... Who care you know that show their hearts for that champion i think that's something special i've said it to a few people on this podcast i've said it about ghost chips and street fighter 5 and i think you're the same thing how many people reached out to you and showed admiration mm, it was, i mean there's a few comments on it um yeah I've, I've had a couple people just randomly message me i was like oh can you help me out i'm like yeah sure i'll help you out um depends on the people like some people i'll know straight away some people it's like oh you need to send me some of your footage so i can take a look and all that stuff um but yeah it, it, it's good as um it was actually my stream that kind of made me do it though my stream chat they're like yeah, just 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 do it just make it public that you want to help people it's like yeah just made the tweet <laughs> oh, that's really nice of you, dude. Where do you see the potential of the NZFGC going f f in regards to this Tekken 7 players? Like, we've, mm. I've seen your growth, but what I'm asking is, what growth do you see in the future for the Tekken scene? To be honest, I feel like New Zealand is in a very, very awkward state right now. Because we've lost so many of our top players. Like, as I said, you've got Arbogy, who's gone. Um, the other guy, you've got... Um, Zazog, who doesn't come out anymore. You've got Rambo, who 
doesn't really come out anymore. Like, you know, you've kind of lost all these top players. It's more up-and-coming people now, you know. You've got Jera, you've got Yumi, you've got Shredder, Axel, you know. It's kind of... I don't know if newer people is worth but you know, it's like just up-and-coming people. But I feel like... There's a new the hierarchy. People... Yeah, there's a new hierarchy being established. Yeah, but I feel like they're lacking the people that I had the chance to learn from. Because, like, I learned so much from Arbogy and Zazob and, like, all that. I had so many people help me. And not even them, you know, it would be, like, BG or it'd be... Uh, God, you're speaking my damn. language now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there was uh, Richard or AMS, AMS, whatever you want to call it. God yes. damn, man. He, he helped me out. Um, yeah, so many people. Like, just these people that aren't around anymore. And it's kind of upsetting in a way. Um, because, yeah, as I said, like... I just feel like the up-and-coming people, they just don't get the same... They yep, don't get that just... same experience you had, the opportunity. Yeah, so I feel like that might stunt their growth in a way. And also, me being the only player at the moment that... Well, one of the only few people that has overseas experience as well. Like, most people here have only fought in New Zealand. And definitely when you go overseas, it's, it's, it's like a wake-up call in a way on the different ways you can play. And that's also one of the reasons why I made the tweet for wanting to help people. Because um, if people can kind of learn what I've learned, that would benefit me in a way as well. I can fight them because they're better and all that. Um, but yeah. Uh, no, no, I get what you mean, man. Um, I suppose, I guess it just falls on to people like you who have that experience, that background, as you're doing right now, you know, wanting to kind of share and impart that knowledge onto the onto the new movement the new generation so to speak of players mm. like at the moment like i i haven't really learned anything for a long time now i feel like i haven't improved or learned anything for ages and yeah that that's that's kind of just like from people's lack of experience in a way um yeah like if I if I lose something, it always feels like something that I've always been able to do anyway that I'd have to like adjust to. But it's stuff that only my Arisa can do at the same time. Because as I said, you know, I had all the experience of her overseas and all the coaching and mm. all that stuff. Yeah. It's it's so awkward phase at the moment, I feel. So in saying that you feel like you're in a in an awkward phase as well, what do you think is your next challenge or what's the next move that you think you should do? With Tekken I don't know. Like 
play people and hope they learn stuff from me maybe because i know that i do play different obviously from overseas experience and all that um hope people can learn and like hit me up whatever um yeah i, I don't know like i hardly even play tech in these days to be honest i always chilling as you said playing destiny or playing grand theft auto it's like i know norm normally someone just hit me up like yo you want a game like sure i guess you know like hoping maybe they'll learn something from it yeah um yeah my i guess my main focus right now is doing my very best to try and level up the scene for when all this um bad stuff around the world all blows over so we can kind of like be prepared in a way to really get our region out there mm. you know yeah especially with us having this new uh what's the word like you know this these new newer players that haven't had the experience yeah it's definitely just trying to like prepare them and stuff like that mm. so I would say that, yeah, like, that would be another reason why I'm playing Arisa, even though I don't enjoy her, is, like, hoping people can learn from the way I use her and put it to their own style, in a way. Yeah. You know, like, the very condition, movement-heavy style that people don't really seem to do in this region. Like, when I fight people... Everyone feels so stationary. They're like Statues of Liberty. It's just like... And that's why when I fought Take, it was such a huge shock for me. Because it was the first time I had really fought someone that actually used movement. And it doesn't even come down... Like, I know there's people that say, oh, Welzer is carried by Arisa's movement or whatever. But it's, it's not even really down to that... Yeah, like, I know Kazumi has good movement, but it's like, people in general just feel so stationary. No, yeah. yeah. So if there's a lesson that you want to pass on, it's, like, movement. Like, it's not big buttons, it's not it's... heavy combo damage, it's... I don't know, it's kind of hard to explain, really. Like, obviously, like... Some people, I won't move around as much. Some people, I will. It all depends who the opponent is. Um, and I feel like that can also be one of the reasons why my Arisa does well, is because people aren't used to fighting that style here, because no one does it but me. You know? So it's, people kind of feel flustered. It's like, how do I beat this style? It's like, I don't know. It's just different, you know? It's, it's like chasing different. a balloon in the wind. Like, it really is. <laughs> as soon as you get close, goes Yeah, like, 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 what's this guy doing? He's, like, doing this minus one low that does 11 damage. He's hit me with it freaking yeah. 10 times in a row. How do I deal with this? To be fair, though, to... have, there are some people in our scene that are trying to do what you do. They're trying to poke, they're trying to get the damage, <laughs> and then they'll get the life lead and run away. <laughs> But with you, yeah. Yeah, it is different. It is very different to what you But do. the problem is, most people don't, like, for example, because, yes, down back three is easily my most favorite move in the game. 
and people don't see. <laughs> but people don't really seem to realize I'm not doing it for the damage or adding up. I'm doing it for the situation afterwards. Like I want to do a down back three and see what you do afterwards. Maybe you do a downfield one. So I'll slice it with hop kick. It's stuff like that. And I think people are too focused on the moves themselves. Like people, like yeah, like people focus on the down back three itself and not as much the situation afterwards. Yeah, just... Mm. No, and I... I think a lot of that is just like, you know, how characters work. You know, like, characters having such big moves, you don't really need to condition with them. Mm. Um, like, for example, Fak, like... <laughs> you know, you just, just do 3 plus 4 or whatever, right? Mm. You know, it's... Mm. Or Leroy, you have some homing hill sweepers. Yeah, all these, not, all these yeah. simple character killers. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, Wowza, this has been really good, man. Um, you've been one of the few people that have been asked that I've been asked to interview the most. Um, <laughs> but we've had issues. You know, it would have been good to interview you with your father. I felt like that was essential. Um, but you know, but also the the storyline. I felt like the narrative didn't fit. But I think now it's it's right like it's just right skippy cornflakes um <laughs> yeah i'll take you to your final segment now man just some wrap-up questions to finish are you ready oh boy i'm like super big now yeah yeah, yeah i'm ready <laughs> all right nothing too hard all right what are your favorite juice world lyrics i guess it's pretty obvious i like juice world isn't it yeah okay it would probably be High tide. I sit back and watch the time fly. Then I pretend that I'm all right. Use my hellfire as some sunshine. And that's from a song called High Tide. That's actually a unreleased song that got leaked. Um, yeah, that's probably my favorite song to be honest. Just that line, yeah. Yeah. That's how it sings it as well. It's nice. Yeah. Alright, next. Should players be banned for aesthetic mods, e.g. costumes? Can you is this like like tournaments? Like I'm not too sure what this question is. <laughs> oh, like should you be banned if you're like if you're using a mod, like something that's just not meant for the game. Like if you're using it for like a character customization. I mean, it's not like the other person sees it. I don't, I don't have an issue with it. I use mods myself, so no, I don't see any problem with it. Alright. If you were the leader of an emo punk band, what would it be called? Oh, uh, man, I don't... Who asks these questions? Are these all you, or...? This is just me trying to spice it up, man. <laughs> trying to do a brown man. You know what? I'd probably call it High Tide, eh? Since that's my favorite Juice World song. Probably High Tide, I guess. Alright. What's your current biggest tournament payout? I would say BAM to EVO. Because even though I technically didn't get paid, the trip to Vegas was most expensive in a way. So, I guess the BAM to EVO, okay. to be honest. 
Alright. Sons ultimately become their fathers. True or false? Nah, my dad. Nah, I'm like complete opposite of my dad, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually... The only thing we have in common is we like video games. Everything else... Nah. If anything, I'm much, much Lines more like of my separation. mom. Yep. Mm. If anything, I'm much, much more like my mom. Alright. Brian or Yoshimitsu? Man, fuck them both. I hate those characters, man. <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't choose one? Okay. Uh, so, fuck them nah, both. Alright. I don't like them both, nah. Alright. What would you choose to be stuck inside? A burning building or a sinking ship? Hmm. Well, to be honest, I kind of have a phobia of the sea, so probably a burning building, I guess. Alright. I'm not I'm not good with the sea, man. <laughs> I'm not good with it. Have you ever been desperate to use Alyssa's season four move, Wire Clipper? I wouldn't say desperate. I just use it because it's funny. <laughs> it's not a desperate move. I just think it's funny, so I do it. I think there was one Rambats. You used it and you won a round, and me and Tiny Joss both looked at each other, saying, "He he hates that move." Oh, you said it too. <laughs> I used the CCC. I'm pretty sure. Comes on you, me twice. Ooh. Yeah. Alright, describe the best night of your life. <laughs> or what would be the best night of your life? To be honest, my life has been very uneventful. To be... mm. I don't know. Nothing has really stood out, to be honest. Nothing you'd want to do? Nothing you'd want to see? Oh, sorry. Do you mean something I would want? I thought you meant that, like, a night that has happened. Oh, no. I mean, like, if you would, yeah, I guess describe what would be the best night of your life. Like, if you, like, what would that be made of? Probably going to a Juice World concert, I guess. <laughs> Not like that can happen. Hey, simple man. Simple man, simple needs. And finally, who is your waifu, Wowzer? People probably won't believe me when I say I don't have one. <laughs> Look, I'll lie. Oh, I don't, come on, I don't you, have gotta have, you gotta have someone. Well, first of all, Arisa's not my waifu. Kuni isn't my waifu, I just thought she was cool. And as I say, Arisa, she just gave me them cyborg vibes. Uh, I think... Mm, I used to have waifus, but I've moved on from that now. I've moved on. Oh, he's he's transcended, you know. Yeah, I'm more interested in real girls now. <laughs> his his wants go far more. His his wants transcend more than just a than just a mere man. Yes. All right then. Um. Yeah. Thanks again, Welzer. Once again, this is some. This is one episode that I know a lot of people have been hounding me to do. Like actually hounding me to do. <laughs> uh, which is fine you know like i said the narrative wasn't right but it is now is there any is there anything you'd like to put out there for the people that follow you any last words or shout outs for friends family um just that like i'm so thankful for all the people that i have met in the fgc and like 
I would be nothing compared to what I am today if I hadn't of even come out to that first Rambats. Yeah, it's just like all the friends I've made and all the good vibes and good times. And, you know, everyone accepts everyone for who they are, which feels so rare. Um, yeah, and thanks to Papa Ham and my mom and my brother's family for... Well, Dad was kind of always the first one that supported me, but all the others, they kind of went on for the ride later on. Um, yes, thanks to them for helping me. And... Like, nah. It's probably too cringe to no, say no, that, no. to be honest. It... Hey, this is your time, man. <laughs> your, for... your platform. Well, a lot of my inspiration through, um, I think, what I am today is from, like, Juice World and all that, just, so, like, being like, you can do whatever you want in this world and all that shit, and, yeah, just, mm. and even, like, like, thanks to you for having me on here and being a great person for the few years I've known you, and... <laughs> Papa Ham always talks about you, like he goes into like, the alcohol stores. He, he's he's oh, a so G man, he is a G. Like, <laughs> I've got his back and I've got your back, you know? Yeah. Mm. But yeah, it's just, yeah. Just thanks to everyone, eh? And just everyone that supported me. And even those who have approached me, because I've always been super antisocial. That's just always how I've been, so it helps when people approach me. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Hey, 